Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planetverse. We are calling this episode, well, what the heck were we calling this episode, Steve? <laughs> We've already lost it. We're calling it Trust the Process. <laughs> so it would have been nice if I had that in my brain prior to hitting record, but yay, here we are. <laughs> so hi, Steve. Hello. How are you doing? All fine, fine, fine. Well, Steve and I decided early on to do an episode that allows us to understand the process of note-taking and being able to create a process that our brains could trust. And I find that oftentimes one of the biggest failures people have with their planners is because they don't have a process set up. And what happens is they jump into it because they're excited about planning. They see all the possibilities of planning. The potential energy is there. And they become very deflated. Instead of launching this kinetic energy that's going to deliver this return on investment of being able to feed back pages and pages of notes that you've cleverly written down so that you can have them at your fingertips at a moment's notice, um, what ends up happening is pages and pages of whiteness and nothing looking back at you. And when you flip back to see what you've needed to write down or where it was, you can't find it because inevitably it's been put on a post-it note somewhere where you can't access it. And as Hobbes said from Calvin and Hobbes, um, knowledge is power. So we know that if we're going to be able to access our information, we have to know where it is and not just write things down. So today's episode in trusting the process is geared towards allowing us to understand what the note-taking process is meant to look like, what Steve and I use for our note-taking process. We're going to run you through that. And then we're going to discuss a few articles that we've been able to pinpoint that actually give scientific validity to mental well-being and tying that in with actually writing things down. This goes back to my initial concept of the RAS, the reticular activating system. Steve, how's my RAS looking this morning? Is it is it nice and healthy? <laughs> this morning? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's morning here in Vegas still. So, so yeah, I know. Steve's in half seven here in France. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my RAS is feeling fine. The reticular activating system in the brain that gets lit up every time you actually put pen to paper. So not thumb to screen, but pen to paper or pencil to paper. Um, something gets activated inside your brain that allows you to create a topographic map of what you are writing down so that when you're at the grocery store and you realize you've left your grocery list on the counter at home, you remember what's on it because you remember writing it down on the left-hand column of the spare envelope that you found lying about. That's the RAS. Um, But yes, so apparently we have some articles here that speak to the validity of creating mental well-being by writing things down. And I think that's what we're all about here at the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planetverse. We really appreciate, both Steve and I appreciate uh, being able to create well-being for us through our planners. Steve, Steve looks like he wants to say something. You can't see him, but I can see him kind of moving his little index finger around at me going, hello, I'd like to say something. <laughs> yes, Steve, <laughs> would you like to participate? What I find with... Um... With note-taking is 
you sometimes you don't realise what is important to have written down mm. and what isn't important. Um, I quite often end up reinventing the wheel sometimes and having to go back and finding articles again that I thought, well, do I need that in future? Or no, I may not need it. But quite often these days, if it's a sort of a series of you know commands or something that I'm doing on the computer, I end up having, I print the pages off and stick them in a notebook rather than just reinventing the wheel of sort of writing all those commands down sort of thing or whatever. If I've found a website or a web page which has got exactly what I want, I just print that off in slightly, yeah. just scale it down a little bit and stick that in my notebook and then write some of my own notes next to it um, as to, you know, if there was any modification that I had to do sort of thing. And then that I know, I know you, you journal along with note-taking. Um, how, mm. how do you distinguish the two? What, what's the difference for you? Journaling for me is what, actually ha- what I actually did on that day, not what I planned to do, but what mm. I actually did. That's how I distinguish between planning and journaling, if you like. And, and quite often, my journal isn't really um, very long. It's not longhand written, as it were. It can be just, you know, almost, not quite bullet points, but almost a sort of a, a series of things. Some of, Normally in chronological order, if I can remember everything that happened in the same order. Yeah. Um, but quite often I'll go into a bit more detail but I won't necessarily um, go into too much detail it, it's t- it tends to vary a little bit some things are a little bit repetitive and it might be just a series of people's names that join me on a Skype call which happens every Thursday or every Sunday or something like that so I don't go, go into detail of what we discussed unless it was some monumental occasion you know something that actually needs noting down sort of thing well i i know the article is one of the articles that we had uh, selected and we'll post them in the notes so that you can access them as well it talks about effective note taking and it's not like the, you have this creativity they say isn't a mythical power you don't have to have this um, skill set of knowing what perfect notes look like. And I think that maybe what the issue is with people refusing to take notes is that they don't know exactly what they're writing. And the only good note is the one that you've written down. I, I find that to be true. Because note-taking is actually doing. Because you can listen quite easily. It's passive listening. You can follow along if someone's talking in front of you with your eyes. Um, but being able to take down even... Even if it's scribbles, don't you agree, Steve? Even if it's scribbles, somehow it allows the mind to process at that moment what you were listening to. I'm a big fan of mind mapping. I used to do a lot of mind mapping in my planner um, when I was in a position where I had to take a lot of notes. And if you're interested in mind mapping, I'm going to leave a link for, for Steve to post as well. It's a very ingenious system that allows you to doodle and mix words together and usually you're using the landscape version of your paper instead of the portrait uh, or longer paper that you can fold and hole punch 
but the idea is that you have a central topic and around that central topic are branches that you can draw or clouds or thoughtlets and in those thoughtlets are the various headings that would make up whatever discussion is being discussed and so you can you can draw little pictures you can draw little notes but no more than one or two words per each section so that you can actually apparently what it does is that it mimics the way your brain thinks So your brain doesn't think linearly, it thinks in visual portrait or visual styles, I should say. And so the mind map allows your brain to review the information as it was presented in a mind, quote, mind-friendly environment. Uh, So I don't know how effective that is. I found it to be very effective when I was in graduate school. I found it to be very effective in being able to take vast amounts of information and just kind of review it in summary format into one page instead of having pages and pages and pages of notes. Hmm. But did you ever do mind mapping? I might have have, um, sort of a blank insert for those. If I haven't, I'll certainly find one. And... um, or create one and put it into the uh, files area on Filofaxi so people can download a copy print, print them off themselves and, and make use of them. I, I like the idea of um, you know, the fold out ones because then you can, you've got more space to right. doodle and what have you, note things down and what have you. Well, it seems, it seems counterproductive when someone's talking, especially in some of these stuffy talks, where people are giving off a lot of information and you think, well, I've got, I've got to start taking notes. It's so helpful to be able to bring some pens and markers and, and just be able to do a colorful drawing. And I remember when we were in school, teachers would take this stuff away and say, hey, what are you doing? Let me see what you're, you know, what you're drawing over there. And inevitably, somebody had drawn the teacher with her glasses and just something off. But I think that's just so helpful in allowing the brain to remember what was being discussed at that moment, and then one or two words that connect the keywords, perhaps, that, that connect the talk to your moment in time with your brain. And then that way, you're there. I, I used to have some mind maps in my planners. I think I've thrown them away at this point because they were no longer useful. I did a very big um, mind map when I was interviewed on another podcast about what we were doing at Plannerology. And it just... It was pages and pages of drawings and I loved it because I could just open up this one sheet and I had all of my talking points there in in visual format instead of linear format, if that makes sense. You can actually, I would think, be able to use them to reference other documents sure. or other pages in your planner, couldn't you? Sure, absolutely. It, it sort of brings things together or it breaks some a large project or task down into the small things and that if you like is your um sort of contents list in a way yeah contents list absolutely you could even create a mind map of what's in your planner and just Mm. be able to tab out so each tab would be one section and then the center point would Mm. be planner and how you're going to be planning out your planner so planner planning um as we often refer to this but if Mm. you take the time to do this and write things down. I mean, my note-taking process is a little different than Steve's. I So I do mind mapping, but I also do uh, little points that allow me, 
and I reference it right there. I say, call this person at so-and-so time or whatever, but then I also include their information right there, their phone number right there, so I don't have to look it up later. Because if I don't write it then, then I'm probably gonna be lazy about it when I get to the point of calling them and I'm gonna procrastinate the work and I'm not gonna wanna do it. So what I do is I try to make it as easy for myself as possible at the time when I know I have to do the task to not have to reference anything and have everything that I need there. Uh, another one of the note things that I do is that I also reference the time and place and oddly enough, the weather. I don't know why I have this bizarre thing. I, I like to place the weather. It makes me feel like there is a more um, visceral connection with the day. And I somehow remember now, well, now that we're in the desert, every day is the same, but <laughs> the time of day and weather um, tend to it's have... It's boring. <laughs> oh, well, it's hot and sunny. That's, where, that's what you want, the stickers, you know, sunny sticker or raining stickers. <laughs> um, but I find it makes a so huge could... difference. <laughs> oh, Steve. <laughs> One thought I had with with sort of weather recording was to sort of have like um like a five year um year planner type mm. gr- grid if you like right and use small symbols or stickers to indicate gr- roughly what the weather was like on each day and then you can see sort of the following year or the next year sort of thing yeah you can look back at what the, the same day was that year. Um, with what the weather was doing sort of now sort of thing, now and then. Um, I love that. And I had seen, I think it was a Barnes & Noble once, I had seen a five-year planner that was in a little book, not bigger than a pocket size Filofax, Mm. that had um, the same day, so January 1st, written down five times on the same page. January 2nd, written down five times, and it was split up with just Mm. one line. And each time, so you would keep this book for five years and you'd be able to reference where you were and what you were doing all on one page in the size of a small, mm. I don't know how big that is. It's three inches by five inches maybe, mm. or smaller, I, maybe three by four. But I found it very helpful. And I think one of the biggest stress inducers for people that are planning and students, and especially now during the pandemic with everybody staying home, I think is not being able to get a grip on all the things that we've got going on because there seems to be a sense of apathy and a lack of motivation and a lack of um, enthusiasm to want to get things done because every day is the same. Every day is this like a groundhog day, right? It does, nothing changes. So <laughs> what difference does it make if I do laundry today or tomorrow? We're not going anywhere, right? There Before there was a purpose. There was, oh, well, I have to get this ready because I have to go to work or, the, you know, whoever's getting picked up is getting picked up. And I think one of the biggest points for mental health and well-being as far as note-taking goes is that you can create your own schedule You know, clear time specified goals allow you to succeed as one of the articles mentioned. And I really like that simple idea. It doesn't have to be rocket science. Yeah, we're we're keeping it simple, cheap and cheerful. And think of it this way. If you're writing notes to just cover what you've done today, even if it's nothing, um, I, I understand I've been through that when we were in North Carolina, I was dealing with a whole bunch of issues and one of them was having to deal with the apathy of not being excited about going to work because there was no work. Everything was done from 
the home office and having I already work from a home office, but there was absolutely no motivation to try and get things done in a hurry. And I think one of the things that we can do with note taking to increase our mental and mental health and well-being is to create mini deadlines for ourselves or challenges. I know Steve this week challenged me to um, on the Apple Watch for a physical challenge. I don't know how much of a challenge I'm being to him, but he's running circles around me based on the cheats that he's found with the Apple Watch, which is fantastic. Um, loopholes, <laughs> loopholes. Yes, yes. Um, but one of the things you can do is find an accountability partner, find someone who's uh, a friend to you, and is willing to be on this journey of note taking or journaling or allowing you to. Um, hold you accountable to what's going on in your day because if you have no one to hold you accountable we have a tendency I don't know about you but I have a tendency to want to escape from it and not have to deal with it and put it off for another day and that's the value of note-taking I find in our planners is that it keeps us accountable if you actually put down that you've done nothing today you're going to look at that tomorrow and go okay I can do more than nothing today I can do one more thing so just for a second if you were to divide things up into note-taking, planning, and journaling, what formats do you prefer for each one of those tasks? The same format or different? So, different. I definitely uh, want different formats. So planning, for me, is a lot of brain-dumping. Yeah, just uh, freehand, writing things down as they occur. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no syntax. Sometimes it's a word. Sometimes it's a complete sentence. I have no idea, but it's a free flow of ideas that allows me to clear my head of any um, unfinished tasks that I'd like to see completed. So that's my pre-planning session, actually. That's not my planning session. Mm. Planning involves for me, again, short words, but allows me to place these items in terms of priority and escalation in terms of urgency, uh, where they ought to be. And then post planning. So review time. I think this is the part that we're discussing right now, Steve, is the review time is to literally sit down with pen and paper and say, okay, plan A did not work. So I'm going to commence with plan B. Plan B now involves moving items from X to Y and seeing how that how that plays out. So that's the kind of note taking I'm talking about here is the ability to uh, dive into your own planner and evaluate and reevaluate and then be able to come up with a mitigating plan that allows you to get back on track with where you've deviated from. And then post planning, so let's say you've completed the task, is exactly what you had mentioned, which was journaling. And that is also, mm. I, 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 don't th I think you do it longhand, right, Steve? You do entire sentences or are you just short about it? They're entire sentences, but they're not, to, you know, not sort of very detailed sentences. You mm. know, I sort of break things down and, and keep it fairly simple. Um, I tend to use a ring-bound planner for um, for planning, a bound planner, which is a sort of day per page type thing. Yeah. For journaling, and for note taking, I will. Uh, in, my sort of computer one is is what was a monthly planner, which I didn't really use, but it had lots of note pages in it. Interesting. So I actually sort of cut out the pages that I wasn't going to use and just hung on to the notes part of it 
and I've just been using that because it's a nice big format and I, what I can do is stick articles on the left hand side and write my own notes on the right hand side sort of thing. Yeah, I noticed I tend to... towards using mm-hmm. um, Traveller's Notebooks mainly yes. because they're quite convenient and if I've got um, two or three notebooks in one of those they they work brilliant because then I can if I'm flitting from one thing to another completely different topics not related at all I can devote a complete notebook to just one topic yes and I don't worry they're not expensive they're cheap and cheerful things they're not yeah. anything fancy well the, I I do the same carrying around uh, for for mm. my business for example I do use the traveler's notebooks I think it's in b6 mm. size um, and mm-hmm. I find again like you said it's very useful to have everything in one um, combined what do you call a not not ringed binder yeah no so a notebook that holds everything together to me makes sense when I'm journaling it doesn't make sense to me when I have a ring bound planner in front of me and usually ring bound planners are for uh, momentary spurts of of information that are not meant to have long lasting uh, posterity for for me right so so mm. it's dates it's times it's places it's someone to call but two weeks from now who i called and when i called them is absolutely irrelevant doesn't mean anything in the whole scheme of things whereas my mm. journal in my notebook that's bound bound was the word i was looking for mm. the bound notebooks are the ones that allow me to keep a record of progress and growth or not and allow me to see where my mindset was because the the planning, the dates and the people I called are not a mindset. They're just tasks and they're completely unrelated to why I'm doing this. And I think the notebook, the bound notebooks keep the why relevant. And I think the why and a lot of reasons I think people don't want to journal is because I think they're meant to start their conversations with Dear Diary, right? Nobody ever gives you formal training on how to journal. So you're meant to guess on your own and figure out on your own how that how the the speaking voice is meant to sound. And if you don't like the speaking voice in which you're writing, maybe you're put off by it and you just don't journal. But I like the way Steve does it because he he doesn't care. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he does a guy's journal. He just writes down what's happened. I went here, I did that, I did that, and I didn't do that. And I've got to put that off for tomorrow. So it's very, very logical. And there's no emotion involved. And unfortunately, when we're dealing with mental health and well-being, a lot of times emotions are involved. And people think, well, I don't want to do this. I'm not feeling well. I don't know. And all of a sudden, the I'm not feeling well carries over and influences the rest of the day. And this is the message I think ultimately this this episode is trying to get across is that if you're not feeling well, you can rely on the process. Trust the process. If you've got a process in place to get up every morning at 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or whatever date time you've designated and write down what you've got going on, then you know you can rely on that whether you're feeling good or not. It doesn't care if you're feeling good or not, but you have a process that will catch you and will allow you to set the tone for the rest of the day so that you do start gaining some momentum on your mental health and well-being. I was given last year, yeah, or the year before last, I can't remember which year it was now, um, by Let's, the, the, the diary company, yeah. a, an actual travel journal. And I thought, oh, this is good. And it's got um, like an index at the front. And then each page has got date 
location mm -hmm. and then just lots of lined um, pages of basically just simple lined things and I actually keep that one separate so when I'm traveling I enter what I'm doing where I am in just that journal so that one has been a bit superfluous this year because <laughs> all our travel plans went out the window but we did manage to go away um, a couple of weeks back and I took it with me then and it's nice to look back then um, at all of your travels in yes. the last year, the last two years. That at this rate, this travel journal could last me several years. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're not able to travel as much. But it's nice to sort of be able to highlight just your travels from the sort of everyday sort of thing. And it sort of brings it home to you a bit easier then. Yeah, I have a similar one. If you remember when I saw you last in Belgium, I had started that one. And uh, I got all of you, all, everyone that was in the in the meetup at that point to sign in it and to write something mm. nice for me. And I can't wait to come back and meet these people again and be able to have everybody <laughs> write. But it's such a nice record mm. that is completely unrelated to the kind of journaling that I'm doing that's day to day. And I love the idea that you keep a separate travel journal. So do I. And it allows me to reminisce and to focus on travel versus thinking of the day-to-day -day stuff, which is mundane mm. when it's coming to the house and business and life mm. in general. Yeah. I suppose that's why we travel, is to be able to get away from all of that. So there's so much more adventure and observation of life that can happen on travels that regularly doesn't happen in a pattern style when, when we're discussing journaling for day-to-day, -day, for example. But I love that, Steve, that you have one, too. Will you sign my travel journal next time I see you? Yes, cool. he's shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we have the three articles that we're going to attach uh, to the notes. Um, ultimately, what I'd like to see as a result, if there was an action to this episode, I'd say is being able to have all of you in the Plannerverse take action and be able to write down notes and distinguish your notes for the purpose that you're trying to record them and make it your own. It doesn't have to look or feel like somebody else's, but if you like someone else's style, see if you can absorb it into your own style. You know, someone once said to me, if suddenly you weren't able to write with your dominant hand and you had to write with your non-dominant hand, even if you wrote poorly, which you would initially, you would still try to make your handwriting look like your own. Your goal would be to try to form the letters in the style that you normally form them in with your dominant hand. And I think that's the same advice I can give you. In other words, you're not, I'm not trying to make my writing look like Steve Morton's. And Steve isn't trying to make his writing look like mine because he's, his system works for him. And I'd like to encourage you all to find a journaling or note-taking method that works for you, that makes sense for you. It doesn't have to make sense for other people, but you do have to be able to reference it. I think that's the most important thing is go back and be able to find what you've written when you need to find it. And vary the level of detail. Mm -hmm. don't, get, don't always expect to go into the same level of detail on your journal or note-taking um, for every single topic because some of them don't need it and others do and you you know ones that you think oh hold on a minute this is getting a bit more involved i better write some more detail into this 
So if I do need to come back in a year or two's time yeah. and have to repeat the process, I you know, a classic example of this is how do I print out my diary inserts mm. each year? Because it's something you only do every 12 months. And yet there are a few little gotchas in there that can catch you out in the setting of your printer or which way the paper's got to be in or or whatever that i can go so far with instructions but there's so many different variables yeah. that some some of the things um can't be covered by a general universal set of instructions so having your own set of instructions on what settings it was that you got to work um, is quite important really but yeah, it's just one I'm thing. glad. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I will add one more thing to that. I think it's important to say, don't have any expectations of how your writing's meant to look, right? It's it's not meant to look a certain way. It is what it is. So I like what you said that don't expect to have a certain amount of detail for everything. It's okay if you have only two lines and it's okay if you have half mm. a page. It depends on what you're writing on. And I mm. think having those expectations or nullifying those expectations before you go into note-taking might be a very healthy way to start this mm. so that you're not sat there going, well, it doesn't look like so-and-so's writing. Well, you know, why doesn't it look like that? One, one thing that I sometimes do, but not often, is... If I've been in a bit, well, maybe just a normal sort of day-to-day -day thing where I've actually been jotting notes down as I go along doing something, I sometimes go back again and mm. type those notes up mm. into a sort of more sort of detailed thing that it's sometimes it's easier to reference back to and you've not got sort of all it all crossed out and... <laughs> bits added in sort of in the margins sort of thing so it does tidy things up a bit um, particularly sort of website addresses and things like that mm -hmm. it's then easier to just copy and paste those into your browser or whatever yeah yeah it depends what it's about really well that's why i use omnifocus not, right again omnifocus yeah. is a note the digital note taking but these are yeah. for things that i want i want to be reminded of these are things that mm. I, I probably will get lost in my planner if i put them in there yeah so that's why i want the digital aspect to, to pop in but yeah, yeah, there you have it. There we go. So where can we find you on the interwebs these days? Uh, well, w when I'm not being censored by Facebook, you can find me on Instagram and uh, at Karina Tovmasyan or at ThroatPunchResumes.com or uh, coming up with uh, radio personality names for Steve. I think I think he should be called... Steve Sadie's Benz as his uh, radio personality title. I'm, I'm going to ask you for voting on that one. If you have better options, let me know. You can find me at Planerology too on Facebook. Steve, where can we find you? Steve Sadie's, where can we find you? <laughs> <laughs> you find me at filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And don't forget, folks, if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it, and share it. And please consider joining our Patreon uh, page. Thank you all. Mm -hmm.